0: Are you ready to turn your investments into retirement income? Listen in as Jeremy Kyle and his guests reveal ways you can make smarter retirement, investment, and tax planning decisions to achieve your ideal retirement. You will learn more about your money so you can feel better about your money and make better money decisions. Now, on to the show.
1: Welcome to Retirement Revealed. I'm your host, Jeremy Kyle, and I'm joined by my producer, Eric Johnson. Eric, how are you doing today? I am
2: doing fantastic, my man. I'm, I'm excited. I know that we're uh, we're talking about a great subject today, and and uh, I guess I'm a little excited because the name Harley-Davidson is in it.
1: You got it. Well, it's an iconic company, and uh, we're out of Milwaukee, and it's one that's been around since 1903, and I, I think just about everyone in the world has heard of Harley-Davidson, mm-hmm. and we're fortunate enough that we're close to where Harley Davidson's headquarters are, and we worked with a lot of the employees there, helping them prepare for their retirement, and that's what we'll be we'll be talking about today.
2: Now, from but my, from my understanding, this is going to apply to more than just people at Harley Davidson.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it, and that's an interesting thing. If if we wanted to talk about retirement in general, that's a great thing. At the same time, let's go with an example. If you work at Harley Davidson, you'll love this because you're you're going to hear things that apply to you directly. If you don't work at Harley Davidson. I'm hoping you love it as well, too, because all you have to do is swap out the names. Uh, If we're talking about a retirement packet that you get from Harley-Davidson, I got a feeling your company has one, too. If we're talking about the Harley-Davidson pension, I got a feeling your company does, too. So Mm -hmm. uh, thank you for everyone that uh, is not a Harley-Davidson employee. Stick around. You're going to love this because the steps that you need to go through when you're retiring from one company are basically the same steps you need to go through when you retire from just about any other company that's out there.
2: All right. So what prompted this?
1: Yeah, you got it. Well, we've, uh, like I said, we have a lot of people working at Harley Davidson, retiring from Harley Davidson one, because we're in the Milwaukee area, uh, but two, because in the last year and a half, there's been some, some transitions going on there and we've just dived so deep into their retirement planning, their information that's on there. Tried to become experts at that. I think we're approaching that. We'll, we'll say that we're doing a pretty Mm -hmm. good job on, uh, on learning and becoming experts at their retirement packages. And so more and more people are coming to us saying, let's uh, get some information. We just did a webinar. We said, let's just get this information out to everyone that we can. We did the webinar and we thought, let's just make sure that all of our listeners can get this. And if you are not specifically a Harley Davis employee, this is all going to apply to you. So let's get that, get that out there.
2: Yeah, definitely. So where do we start today?
1: Yeah, so one place you start when you're getting ready to retire, you're trying to prepare for your retirement from Mm Harley-Davidson or from wherever, you just need to get all the info. There is so much information that's out there. And one way to get that is oftentimes a company will have some sort of retirement packet. So Harley-Davidson calls it the 2021 Salaried HDMC Q&A Reference Document. I think they may need some uh, branding on, <laughs> on <a> changing <laughs> the name on that. But basically, it's a it's a retirement packet. Here's all the information that you're going to need, talking about all your different benefits that are out there. Your retired healthcare account, your health and life insurance, your pension, your four hundred one k. We Energies, we work with a lot of We Energies employees, and they have the retired employees resource guide. What I found that's interesting, I, I believe this is the case with just about every other company I've run into but it seems like they don't give you this information until you actually fill out the forms and you say, I'm retiring. Like how can you actually prepare for retirement ahead of time? If you don't get the information until after you choose your retirement date, Yeah, I've got a feeling if you just email in, talk to HR, talk to total rewards and ask for this information ahead of time, they'll hand it out to you because you need it. This is important information about pensions and health insurance and 401ks that you'll, you're making this decision once. You need this information uh, uh-huh. much more than maybe a month ahead of time and much more than, yep, I filled out the form. I'm committed. I mean, there might be specific things that say, you know what, I'm better off next year. Or, well, why not go and retire right now? Unless you get the information, you just don't know what you're you're working with. So that's that's one of the first things you got to do. Get the information specifically from the company. And I suppose if they aren't willing to hand it out to you, you probably know a few people that have retired recently. Go get the most recent one we've been fortunate the last 3 years with Harley Davidson the last probably 5 or 6 or 7 years even with We Energies we just run into enough people that are retiring from there we've got those packets from each uh, each and every year and so mm. talk to your friends that are retired if you can't get it from directly from the company and ask them for it this is this is something you need to prepare for well ahead of
2: time so once they get that information you know how do they disseminate it
1: yeah so often often well it's coming by email now oftentimes Right. It's a uh, modern ages and uh, coming out to you by email, but work with an advisor, someone like ourselves that has worked with either your specific company employees or with any sort of company that they've helped people retire from. There's a lot of things in there that, uh, which health insurance plan are you going to file for? How are you going to take your pension? Grab that information out, work with someone who knows what they've gone through before, help people mm-hmm. make those decisions before, and they can help you out, uh, with, with kind of planning it out, mapping out. Here are the decisions you ought to make. And here's the order maybe you ought to go with. And it's not just your own specific company. There's pretty much three different places you might get your retirement income from. You might get it from your pension from the company. You get it from your 401k and savings that you've set aside. And you get it from Social Security. So beyond that, now that you've got your company information about retirement, go to socialsecurity.gov, grab information, get your benefit estimate on there. Interesting thing about the benefit estimates, most people go on there and they just file for a, uh, a report, file for a login, you get that four page report coming from Social Security. That's an estimate based on everybody else and just based on Social Security making life easier for them. There's an area you can go to to get your own personalized benefit estimate. If you are not going to retire at age 67, why are you going to use the Social Security estimate that assumes you're retiring at age 67, mm. go in there, play around with it. Go hog wild, right? It's free. Say, what if I retired 55? What if I retired 65? What if I retired 70? Who cares? Just go and get a whole lot of different estimates on what your social security might look like. That's a mm-hmm. great place uh, to start as well too. Yeah, absolutely. Another part that's important is related to pensions. There's a place called the pension benefit guarantee corporation. A lot of places have pensions, less and less companies are having those pensions. And it seems like everyone we talk to, they're asking us, will my pension be around? Should I rely on this monthly pension? And they're saying that, and yet there are places you can go to find out. And that Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation, a great website you can go to to find out a couple different things. Number one, is this pension actually insured? This company, the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation, pensions will be a part of it. It'll be insured. So if the company and the pension goes under, they got a backstop. You got something that comes in and helps you out. So a lot of the concerns people might have aren't as much of a concern when you find out that it is covered. And another part is this thing called the funding level. If you're going to rely on 1000 a month, 2000 a month, 5000 a month, whatever it is, you got to find out if your company's got the money they're backing it. And one way to do that once a year They're required to send you out an annual funding notice. Take a look at that. This is your pension. It's your retirement. Mm -hmm. Thankfully for Harley-Davidson, they're over 100% funded. The government says basically if you're over 80% funded, you're doing all right. So take a look at that and find out, are you better than 80% funded? If so, don't have to worry so much about the pension. And especially if it's 100% funded, you ought to feel pretty good about that, that the promises that are being made to you on the pension, you've got something behind it. Yeah, that's great. hundred percent. That's awesome. Yeah, it was great uh, seeing that. Uh, that's a concern that just about everybody has. doesn't matter what the company is. So we look at that for all of our clients. We find out, well, let's see if this is a valid concern. Well, we took a look. It's over 100% funded with Harley-Davidson. It's insured by the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation. You know, maybe that concern is not as, as high as it should be on your list. There's other things we can uh, go take a look at.
2: Yeah, so, so when somebody's done this now, they've, they've looked at Social Security and they're thinking about that and trying to plan that out and they've, they've now seen that Harley-Davidson is 100% funded or their, their company, if they're not with Harley, is over 80% hopefully. What is their next step? Then what do they have to do at that point?
1: Yep, you got it. So that was part of it saying, get all the information. But we believe there's three things you need to do when you're preparing for your retirement, whether it's from Harley-Davidson or wherever. Number one is decide on your income sources And your start dates. I'm not talking about start dates as in I'm going to retire at the age of 60. We're talking about start dates as in you've got a pension and generally you can take it anywhere between the ages of 55 to 65. Actually for we energies, you can take it all the way up to 69 years and 11 months. So Hmm. find out what are your options. Most people believe I'm retiring today. I take my pension tomorrow. That's not necessarily the case. That's not written in stone for a lot of places. For Northwestern Mutual, we've seen recently it is, but that's kind of rare. We hmm. see a lot of companies where you retire today. You can choose later on when to take your pension. It's worthwhile to figure that out. When's the best time to take your pension? S- same thing with social security. You can take it anywhere from 62 to 70. You might even be uh, widowed and could start at the age of 60. There's so many different things that are out there with social security. Let's go through that and figure out when's the best starting time for you. Hmm. With your 401k, you can start taking that out if you retire from the company at age 55 or later. So you're 55 or older there. With your IRA, it's basically 59 and a half or later, and you're not forced to take the money out for uh, until you turn 72. So here we have these three big sources: your pension, your Social Security, your investments. You might have 15 years of options on your pension on when you take it. You might have 17 years of options on your hmm. 401k on when you take it. And you have eight years of options on your Social Security uh, when you take it. Take a look at your pension, your Social Security, your 401k. Chart it out year by year. Say if I retire at 55 or 60, I'm not going to assume that I take my pension at 60. What if I took it at 61 or 62 or 63? Look at what those numbers are. Uh, for Holly Davidson, we've seen every year that you wait, it's usually a 4 to 10%. Just depends on the year. And unless you chart it out, you won't find that out. Wow. A four to 10 percentage point increase every year. We've seen some companies where you wait one year and your pension goes up by 16% in that one year. Holy cow. It's amazing. Not that's saying crazy. that you have to wait on taking your pension. I'm just saying do the math. And oftentimes you'll see some interesting things where, my goodness, waiting one year and you get a 16% boost in your pension, that might be worthwhile. That's definitely something you ought to uh, consider.
2: Yeah, I've never heard of that before, and that is fantastic. And I think that a lot of people working at that company probably never knew that, right? Um, well, until they yeah, look into it. Yeah, that's actually
1: it. it. Um, you're right on. Uh, I have a, a great example of that this is somebody that was working with We Energies, and she had reached out to us on planning for retirement. She actually talked to my associate John first. He knows his stuff, certified financial planner uh, certificate as well too. And so he's talking through with her, and he's saying, "Hey, let's figure out your pension." She said, "Don't need to." It it maxes out at 62. He said, okay, that's that's understandable. You may have heard that. We hear lots of things, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but it happens to be that we've seen that there are some wee Energy pensions that max out at 62, and there are some that max out at 69 years and 11 months. Let's just figure out uh, what that might be. She just wouldn't uh, kind of accept that. I know it's 62. He finally got her to say, hey, can you just take 15 minutes with Jeremy? Like he's done this for 18 years. I've done this for seven. Like just take, take it time, 15 minutes with Jeremy. We'll look in and see what it looks like for you. Let's make sure you are armed with all the information that you can get. So I got on the zoom call with her. We got in to look where we can pull up all the information on her pension. I said, thanks for taking your time. Uh, let's just figure out for here for you. So you can see what's going to work out best for you. She said, love to, but you're not going to find what you're looking for. <laughs> I said, that's, that's okay. I understand what I'm looking for is what the numbers are for you. And if it turns out one way. Now, you know, the numbers, If it turns out a different way. Now, you know, the numbers, well, it turned out that she was one of those folks where it can grow sometimes up to 16% a year where it can max out at 69 years at 11 months and not at age 62. And I don't know which way uh, she went uh, with that. I'd have to take a look here, but she was not armed with the information. And a lot of times the information you might hear is uh, incorrect. We were talking about somebody, I think a few podcasts ago. They worked for the the state government, uh, Wisconsin government, and somebody 20 years ago, 30 years ago, whatever it was, said, your pension maxes out at 57 and a half. I've been talking to him for a couple of years. I say, I just don't know that that's the case. He said, no, it is 57 and a half, 57 and a half. He's reaching 57 last summer. I'm asking him, hey, can we just look it up? Let's look it up. Let's look it up. Finally, at 57 and a half, he says, here's my information. I said, great. Do you mind if we look it up to see when it maxed out? Uh, it turns out it maxed out at 57. And I'm not saying I know everything. I'm just saying, let's go look it up. Mm-hmm. Let's look it up. We see this all the time. You can't just base uh, your pension on what you've heard from your friend. You can't pay, base your pension on what uh, your one company does. And then you might have another company. You know, Maybe you've worked for two places or you're married. Your companies, these pensions are so wildly different. Uh, and they're so specific, even within the companies. Let's just go take a look, figure it all out. And decide with you on when's the best time to start taking that. Yeah, I mean, it's,
2: it's not as though friends or coworkers are trying to deceive you. It's just that they they think they know, and so then they tell you what they think they know, and then you tell somebody else mm-hmm. what you think they know. And, you know, it's the
1: yeah, you got the telephone game exactly. going on. Yeah, or a lot of these pensions are. Um, I think I was told with We Energies, there's about seven different unions. These oh, different geez. pensions might be negotiated differently by each individual union and so the person working next to you might have a completely different pension what that person was told may have been absolutely correct for them but because they have a different starting date or a different age or a different union contract they might have a completely different pension let's go Mm -hmm. figure this out uh, on your own yeah Yeah. just just check right just in case you don't want to make a mistake based on a rumor well you get you get one shot at it you check a box, you fill out a form, and there could be hundreds of thousands of dollars of a difference. Mm. Let's look at this stuff ahead of time.
2: Yeah, yep. absolutely.
1: Yeah, well, we'll keep on talking about pensions. Uh, that's, I've got a big passion for it uh, because it's such a big, important topic. And one part of a pension decision oftentimes is will you take the monthly annuity, that monthly payout, uh, consistently over your entire lifetime, or will you take a lump sum? And so they say, here's just a big dollar amount of money. And we've talked about this before. It is a tough way to go to say, do you want a half million bucks or $2,000 a month? Right? The, <laughs> yeah. You know, which one do you want? Yeah. It's <laughs> that's it's temptation. just very tempting yeah. to say, let's take a half million bucks. And it seems as if that's kind of uh, the way most people end up doing it. Most people seem to take lump sums. I've seen financial um, gurus out there that say always take the lump sum. Uh, when I hear the word always coming from Mm-hmm. Another advisor or someone that's in the media, I, that I get really cautious about that. I, I don't like the word always. Other than, I'm about to say it, always do the math. Always look it up. Always run the yeah. m- numbers on there. I think I think we can be safe with saying always on that one. But a lot of people are taking these lump sum pensions. Well, let's take a look and see what your, your pension is. Uh, I was looking at the Harley-Davidson one. They say right there, Harley-Davidson's pension is basically a 60% stock, bond mixture. That's how they go out and invest their funds. And yet there's some guarantees on top of that saying, we'll pay you out a specific dollar amount every single month. So what are you going to do with that lump sum? If you take it out yourself, you're probably going to go invest. You might just go invest in a 60% stock, 40% mixture yourself, Mm -hmm. right? So if you're uh, thinking about, I want the lump sum, so I want control of it. Maybe I can do better. Well, what are they doing with the pension right there? You might just be going and investing it exactly the same way as before, except now you're exposed to some commissions, maybe some different investment fees, and you don't get any guarantees that are there uh, when you go invest on your own. So take a look and consider what is it that I actually have through the pension and what will it be when I turn it around to my own self or I'm investing it on my own. You might just have the same thing, but you lost a a bunch of stuff with it. Just just consider what that actually is. What is the, the difference between the lump sum itself and holding on to it through the pension.
2: Okay, I got to stop you right there because I think most advise not I don't want to say most. I think a lot of advisors would say, "No, take that lump sum and then invest it with me because they gain from that." Right? And mm-hmm. and you are yeah. saying something that's absolutely contrary to your "quote unquote" business success, uh, you know, cuz you could you could have more clients with more money if you preached, "Hey, take the lump sum and bring it to me. We're going to invest it blah blah blah." But you don't do that. I love that. It, it, you're just yeah. speaking truth. You know, Let's run all the numbers, do all the math to see what's best for you. And I know that you're a fiduciary. I know that we've talked about that before on the podcast, but I had to highlight that because I, I, there's too many advisors out there that would look at the dollar signs to themselves instead mm-hmm. of what's really going to truly be best for the client. So I love that. Thank you so much for bringing some truth to this
1: yeah well it's important and that's what you highlighted right there is there's a big incentive for an advisor if you talk to some sort of investment advisor financial advisor and they say take the lump sum well if somebody says that and they haven't even done the math you know something's up Mm -hmm. and there's absolutely nothing wrong with an advisor doing the math presenting it to you uh, you know reporting out here's what we saw here's how we translated that monthly amount over to the um, lump sum amounts you can make an actual apples to apples comparison Here's a relative value is a good term that you can take a look at. And then they say, and based on that and based on your goals, you know, maybe you want to take the lump sum. That's great. That's a great way to go. And all my conversations with prospective clients, with people that become our clients, that seems to have never happened uh, in the past. And so Mm -hmm. we always want to look at what is the value of the monthly amount? How does it compare to the lump sum? What are you getting? What are you giving up? What are the differences? And again, it's, you got to do the math. You probably want to follow the math. And going into this, it's I've been an advisor for 18 years, for about 17 and a half of them, 99% of the time, the math pointed towards the monthly pension, the monthly payout was a better deal than the lump sum. Well, guess what? World changes, interest rates change, and a lot of this is based on interest rates. Well, just recently, the last two out of the three that we've ran, it actually showed that the lump sum value and the monthly value were worth exactly the same. And so you get to a point where you say, well, what do you want to do, right? If you're going to get the same value out of a big dollar amount of lump mm-hmm. sum versus a monthly amount, it's really up to you as the client. It's your money. If I see, like we've seen in the past, we've seen where the lump sum that's offered is like 300 grand and yet the monthly pension is worth about 500 grand. You know, you can do what you want to do. I just found the math for you that you make 200 grand more by taking the monthly pension. I don't know, man. Like that's, that's a pretty big uh, push math-wise towards uh, taking that monthly mm-hmm. pension. But a lot of times now with the interest rates, it's it's coming out a lot recently where they're just about the same. And I think that's good. I love it where uh, your decisions you make on your pension, you'll do okay uh, either way. It's, it's just unfortunate that in the past, for a long, long time, the lump sum pensions were almost always worth less than the monthly amounts. And does that mean I'm going to stop doing the math? No, because it could change. Yeah. It could change tomorrow and so we always want to look at do the math so you understand what it is that you're you're working with
2: okay but see this takes me back to a previous podcast that you did uh, that we, we spoke on this is quite a while back but we've talked about behavioral finance so mm-hmm. the the question if it's apples to apples and the the monthly payment is going to be about the same as the the lump sum how do you talk to your clients about hey you know taking that lump sum there's that temptation of taking mm-hmm. a large chunk of that and buying that boat, right? Or
1: buying yep. that newer car or, or whatever it is. And you actually hurt yourself in that process. How's that conversation mm-hmm. go? Yeah, that's, that's a big part of that conversation. And, and you're right on. People usually spend the amount of money that they have. Yeah. And if you happen to get that money out of, or over a monthly basis, you're, you're probably going to spend your money every month on it. But if you get a big chunk for a hundred grand, 200 grand, 500 grand, that's a big temptation to spend it right away. That could very much uh, hurt you down the road. So you're, you're right on that. That's a, a big thing to consider sometimes, uh, you maybe want to consider the monthly annuity, even if it's worth the same value as taking the lump sum, mm-hmm. just because, you know, you know, this is maybe a way to help myself out and help our natural tendencies to, you know, overspend or spend what we have in our pocket. Let's make sure we have some money in our pocket later on. And that's a great thing about the, uh, the monthly pensions again. Uh, and people, might people hear me talking, they feel like I'm biased towards monthly pensions. I'm not. I'm biased towards following the math. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of math that goes into, uh, let's compare the monthly amount versus the pension amount. Let's look at studies and find out how people uh, spend their money over time in retirement. Let's see what some people are concerned about. And a lot of people are concerned about running out of money in retirement. And a lot of times, uh, the way that you take your pension can help out with a lot of those, those things. Yeah. Yep. Good. All right. Well, let's move on from pensions. We, we love talking about it cause it's such a huge, big deal. Uh, And let's talk about a question we hear all the time too, especially this was on the webinar. Somebody asked, that was one of the first questions is, should I leave my money in the 401k or should I move it on over to a traditional IRA? And I said, I don't know, but let's talk about the advantages for both. And this is the same for Harley Davidson or any other company. When you have money in a 401k and you retire from that company, you leave that company when you're 55 or older, you can get that money out without a 10% penalty. Mm -hmm. If you were to move that to a traditional IRA, then your age is 59 and a half. And a lot of people hear that from us for the first time ever. And that's because IRAs at 59 and a half, you read the uh, retirement news articles, that's that's a number that's put out there a lot. And they don't realize that there's a different number for the 401k. Or like you said, incentives with uh, investment advisors, investment advisors usually don't get paid if you keep the money in the 401k. You switch it to the traditional IRA, next thing you know, there's commissions and, and fees that are associated with that. Mm-hmm. So a big advantage of the 401k is when you're 55 to 59.5, and a half, leaving it in the 401k is a way to avoid that 10% penalty. You still gotta pay the taxes when taxes are due, but you avoid that 10% penalty. And you're not paying any sort of commissions or advisory fee to any other advisor. Another great advantage of the 401k. Last advantage of the 401k we'll talk about, something called a stable value fund. A lot of these 401ks have it, a lot of these 401ks have it where they have contracts that were signed in the 80s or 90s, you know, way back when. And there might be a, an interest rate like 1% or 2 or 3% that's associated with this thing called a stable value fund that you cannot get anywhere else, right? Take your money out and go to the bank and say, I'd like to get some 3% interest. They're going to laugh at you, <laughs> right? Yeah. Here they are in 2021. They're going to laugh at you with that. But oftentimes you can find in your 401k this thing called a stable value fund. It's only allowed to be in 401Ks. You can't get this anywhere else. And if it's got a great interest rate and you're planning on having some interest rate money, you might want to leave your whole 401K alone and leave it there. Or you might want to leave at least that part of your 401K. We've got a good number of clients from AT&T and WeEnergies where they've got a good stable value fund. And they've said, I want to roll over my investments to an IRA. I want to work with you on managing that. And we've gone through, we've figured out, you know, for each... Individual is different, but we figured out, I'm thinking of a couple right now. We said, okay, leave a, a good amount over there and the stable value fund and the 401k because you can't get it anywhere else. And yes, let's roll over the remaining part to an IRA and let's use that maybe for the growth money. And that's a common thing that people might want to do because the IRAs do have some advantages as well. Mm. There's more investment options through an IRA. You're not stuck with the 401k investment options that your company chose to, uh, to give you through there. Hmm. And like I said earlier, of an advantage for the 401k is you're not paying an investment advisor to manage your money most often. Well, guess what happens with the IRA? You can start paying an investment advisor to manage your money. And that might be a huge thing that you're looking for is to have somebody take over and help you manage your money to, to meet your best uh, goals with what you're, you're doing there. And that's a lot easier in the IRA to have an investment advisor doing that than inside the 401k. So here we are. Talking, I think about 90% of our uh, time is going to be when you prepare for your retirement. Number one is to sign on your income sources and your start starting dates. We talked about the pension. We talked about the advantages of the 401k and the IRA. I'm just going to say with social security, we've got a few other episodes. We'll link to those episodes, Mm -hmm. but you need to make sure you've got a good choice and you know, when's my social security money going to start coming in. Yeah, absolutely. Well, good. Well, we've got two more, two more things that you need to do to prepare for your retirement from Harley-Davidson or anywhere else. Second one is find out where you're going to get your health insurance. Basically, there's four places. There's Cobra, which is your old health insurance from the old company you worked with that you get to continue on for about 18 months. Seems like they change laws all the time based on what's going on with the economy. Mm -hmm. Let's just think of 18 months in our head. And a lot of people say cobra is expensive and our answer is no it's not cobra is the right cost the difference is that when you were with your health insurance before working for your company your company subsidized they paid a big chunk of that health insurance now that you're not working there thankfully you can still have the health insurance it's just that they're not subsidizing they're not helping you pay for it anymore so obviously it's an increase but it's the right amount. It's not like it's expensive. It's just no one else is helping you pay for it anymore. That's how uh, COBRA works. And it's nice. You get to continue on with the same things, keep your deductibles throughout that year. A great place to go. So that's something to explore. Another place to explore is Affordable Care Act, or sometimes people call it Obamacare. And that's a good place to explore because you can get subsidies. There are federal subsidies to help you pay for your cost. And if you were having the company help you pay for your health insurance, it's kind of nice if you have the government help you pay for your health insurance now. That's something you want to explore. HealthCare.gov is where you can explore uh, the different types of plans that are out there. Work with a financial advisor that knows when do these premium subsidies come in? When do they cut off? For the longest time, there is this cliff. You made one extra dollar amount. Next thing you know, uh, your income is too high. You've got to repay back like 20 grand of subsidies to the federal government. Oh jeez, That's a huge deal. That's a huge penalty. For 2021, 2022, they got rid of that cliff. You still have uh, some sort of different rules that are there. We won't get into them now, but thank goodness for 21 and 22, they got rid of that cliff. But be aware of it. Find out what's the subsidy I can get now in the next couple of years. What might that subsidy change to when the old rules come back in place? That's a a great place to go. Hmm. Two other places to go are maybe there's another employer and you can get on their health insurance. If you... Leave one company. You might start up with another company and get their health insurance. You might be somebody who's married and your spouse can uh, put you on the plan there. And then we get to an age, age 65. We hit Medicare. I tell you, it's going to be the best birthday of your life. You don't have to worry <laughs> about health insurance anymore. Everyone loves it. You get on Medicare. You have turned 65. You get a supplement insurance, whether it's something called supplement or medigap or or Medicare Advantage. That's a great thing to be a part of on there. With Medicare, two things always surprise people. So I want to bring those up. A lot of people like these things called health savings accounts. You get on Medicare, you can no longer add money into your health savings account. Mm. That's a big surprise to a lot of people. I want you to be aware of that. And the other part of Medicare is that there's a cost. A lot of people think Medicare is free, and there's a cost to it. It's about $148 a month right now. And in fact, if you make more than a uh, normal amount of income, if you make too high of an income, you'll pay more than the $148 a month. So understand there's a cost. Look into what the cost might be for you because perhaps it'll be higher than normal. And even, especially if you had a life change, you can tell Medicare, hey, you're charging me too much. Yes, I made a good amount when I was working, or maybe I sold uh, some stock because I was forced to when I hit retirement, but my life has changed let's look at reality and let's bring me back down to where I don't have to pay that extra uh, Mm -hmm. cost anymore. That's something you want to look at. And we're looking at people uh, for the people all the time. Good info. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's important stuff. We'll link to, we've got a health insurance episode we've done. So I'll make sure we link to that. And finally, the last piece of this, when you're preparing for retirement from Harley Davidson or anywhere else, is review the tax consequences, I was just going through an article this morning through uh, Kiplinger's. And it says, don't forget about taxes in retirement. Love that idea. Their suggestion was go out and get an estimate of what your taxes are like in retirement. Great idea, but then they stopped there. You have a lot more control over your taxes in retirement than you might expect. We want you to take that control and help you lower your taxes over your lifetime. Your pensions and your social security are taxed differently. If you just go one time and say, well, uh, here's my estimate, and believe it's going to be that percentage for the rest of your life um, you're probably going to be wrong about that percentage and you're just not aware then at that point that you can control your taxes so often in retirement your 401k and your iras have different rules and when penalties apply your traditional and your roth and your regular brokerage account those have different rules and different tax situations when you take control and you plan out what the options are going to be and what if you did something different you'd be surprised uh, we're not surprised because we look at this all the time, where you plan out what your taxes might be over your lifetime. You make some decisions to pay taxes at a lower rate. You see, oh, I have a lower tax rate year coming up. Let's try to pay taxes at the low rate. I have a higher tax rate year coming up. Let's try not to pay taxes during mm-hmm. that year. That's It's just amazing. We've seen people where the projections on what their taxes would be over the lifetime are 20%, 30%, 50% lower when they take the control. It's just amazing. And again, we've got a lot of resources on that. So we'll link to those. We want you to know right now, review the tax consequences. That's the third and final step when you're preparing for your retirement, whether it's Harley Davidson or anywhere else. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic information today, Jeremy. Thank you so much. Absolutely, Eric. It's been a, it's been a lot of fun. We just want people to understand that when retirement's coming up, prepare for it ahead of time, get all the information, work with an advisor, work with somebody. That is a retirement focused planner. They've helped people through all this. We're thinking you're going to come out ahead uh, by doing that.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, thank you, Eric, for, for hanging out with us today. It's been, been fun. And I want to thank everyone here for listening to the retirement reveal podcast. We believe if you know more about your money, you will feel better about your money and you will make better money decisions.
0: Thank you for listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit retirement-revealed.com to learn more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal, accounting, or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For complete details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is a part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.